0: Love Talk Radio.
1: to Mama's Pearls, I'm your hostess Cynthia, my co-hostess Melissa, who is the founder of M's Gems,
2: <laughs> she will be
1: joining us shortly and I'm really excited for her to come on air today because yesterday was her birthday. And as you know, know we've, like, been having quite the party here at Mama's Pearls all this month because this month started with, obviously, Halloween uh, leading into this month and my birthday and then Melissa's birthday. So it's totally our month, and I do have a special surprise for her, which I will reveal on air. You just heard a little snippet. Yes. My dear Melissa, M. Shems now has a theme song. Melissa and I are, like, total huge, big, fat dorks about this because, you know, you don't think it's much to have a theme song, but when you, like, finally get it down, it's so exciting. So I, like, suggest that everybody take an Ally McBeal moment and make yourself a theme song or think about um, what song best represents you. I've been fortunate enough to be lucky in my friends, and one of my good friends who has known both Melissa and I since our days back in camp when we were 11 years old and on, um, my good friend David Goldberg is a music composer, and he, along with his son Jonathan, who is the voice that you hear both on the Mama's Pearl theme song and now the M's Gems theme song, who's a little superstar in the making, they have collaborated together to give Mama's Pearls and gifts us our theme song. So I'm super excited to reveal that when Melissa does join us a little bit later on the show. Um, if this is your first time joining Mama's Pearls and M. Shems, welcome. We're happy to have you here. We like to say at Mama's Pearls that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. Sometimes, um, Sometimes these beautiful pieces kind of get mixed up, mucked up. And we're going to be diving into that muckiness a little bit today to see how we can keep keep the keep our avenues clear and open for love. We always try and connect it back with the family by taking both spiritual Spiritual and practical themes, and bringing it back to your family. Because ultimately, if you're listening to the show, you are part of a family unit. Whether you have your own family with children, or whether you're just a child of parents, and um, and it's important to to have yourself centered. I fully believe that my strength in this world is drawn from my family unit, without which I think I would just be like primordial ooze, and, you know, not everybody feels the same way. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth today. I did want to take a moment to mention to everybody, I know that we're starting to come upon the holidays, and next week is Thanksgiving, um, and, you know, Black Friday and all this kind of thing and we're going to next month as we get into December dive a little bit deeper into the meaning of the holidays into interfaith practices as well as different ways to, to celebrate them but just wanted everybody out there to take a moment and really to set an intention that your holiday shopping extravaganzas should go easy and smooth and just remember it's not about the thing it's about it is about the thought it is about connection it is like our, our mama's pearls party party planners elizabeth muscali and don sandamano who i saw last night at their their um, plants party book launch and who've been a guest on mama's pearls it's like they say it's about taking that time to reconnect with one another and really enjoy each other 's company and one of the things that that I always love is giving personal heartfelt gifts, and one of them is the gift of language and the, and the gift of love. So our Mama's Pearls sponsor, Little Pim Co., has just come out with their um, holiday gift sets, and you do get 15% off with the code PIMPERLS. It's one of the, the special things that they've offered to the Mama's Pearls community, so I definitely suggest that you go online to Pim com And check out what, what they have. It's really, really an awesome idea to have on top of your, your holiday shopping. So, with all that fun stuff said, um, if you want to join in the conversation with us today, you can. The number here is 347-327-9450. If you're not listening live, if you're listening to us from an archive, which is awesome because you can listen to any of our past shows on the archives of Blog Talk Radio dot com slash mama's pearls but you want to chat with us you can send us an email. I'm at Cynthia at Mama's dot com or you can reach Melissa at Mamaspearls dot com. You can follow us on Twitter at Tweet. We're also on Facebook at Mamas Pearls. And you know, we're just like everywhere and anywhere. So the other fun housekeeping present and then I promise you we'll get into some fun is that I'm very proud to share that Mamas Pearls is nominated Babble's annual contest for their top 50 blogs. So that's pretty amazing. Kudos to us, Snap snaps! But I need you guys to like vote to help keep us in the top 50 or get us in the top 50. We've been like bouncing on and off that list. I, we started at 139, then we creeped up to 60, then we creeped up to 59, then we finally got to 50, then we were 47, now we're back at 53, and it's making me a little nuts. <laughs> so if you could take a moment to go to Either through my Facebook page I have a link or you can just go to babble.com and you'll see there the top fifty list and I'll say nominate a blogger and you'll scroll down and see Mama's Pearls. Please just like us there. I would really love to announce that that we are officially in the top fifty, um top fifty top mom blog list. So Okay, so last week we had one of my longtime clients, friends, mentors, my son's godfather, and really the person who's brought me into and cued me into the entire idea that there is such a world out there and such a genre of spiritual cinema. Steven Simon. Stephen Simon is a veteran Hollywood producer who was literally born into Hollywood royalty. Um, his parents, his father, well, okay, his biological father, Sylvan Simon, was a producer. He produced about 43 films in, I think, like under five years, which which is pretty, well, it's pretty crazy. He must have been like a total film maniac because that really rarely never happens by one person. It's one thing to have studios doing it, but um, you know, that's a feat onto it's, itself. And he actually died when Steven was really young and then Steven's mom remarried another Hollywood producer, um I forgot his first name, Arnold Deutsch, I think. His name was Arnold Steven's going to be so mad that I butcher that But I butcher everybody's name Especially our guest who's going to be on today Masha But um, So his stepfather Was also in the Hollywood Royalty scene And as was his mom Was a complete Hollywood socialite Back in the day And they hung out with Fred Skelton They hung out with Ronald Reagan They hung out with um, Abbott and Costello And also Frank Sinatra Who is Steven's unofficial godfather and Stephen came on and just shared some of the most remarkable parts about growing up within that enormous family legacy. And that was the the title of last week's show was Family Legacies, and um, and the pearl of the week was New Dynasty. And growing up within that huge. <laughs> totally impressive Beverly Hills, L.A., Hollywood, glitzy, glamour theme, you know, some of the the basic fundamental values, um, like, you know, something as simple as as realizing and recognizing that not every single household has a full-on staff to take care and pamper you, (laughs) you know, something simple like that, Um, you know, and just those core values were were sorely lacking in Stephen. He grew up a little bit of a spoiled brat. And so he went on and just had to kind of step out of his family's shadow to really experience the world. And that's not an easy thing to do. He has... Um, he did go back into the the world of filmmaking, and he became a, a filmmaker and a producer in his own right with tons of credits to his name. He's been a Hollywood producer for the last 30 years. And his ups and downs through that process, he, he wound up um, being pretty much a single father as well with going through all these ups and downs of Hollywood. You know, one, it's, it's it's a very interesting read, his new book, which is called "The um, Bringing Back the Old Hollywood, and you can buy it exclusively through www.theoldhollywood.com. But it's also a telltale, cautionary tale to anybody um, who's growing up in a family of privilege, really, because, you know, money come and money go, and some of us learn that the hard way. And I always look at different families who have a lot of money and they kind of, that's all they hold themselves up on. And somewhere in the back of my mind, you know, from personal experience um, and also from having seen my grandparents who went through World War II and the Holocaust where my grandma grew up kind of like Stephen um in the hollywood version of 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 warsaw and um you know she grew up a little princess they had a full staff and boom the holocaust came everything was stripped away and they came to this country with with no more than you know a pocket full of change and some pictures which was their their greatest and most valuable possessions so um, so coming out of our family shadow really led me to think of of the theme of forgiveness. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. Is it really, is it met a myth? Is forgiveness a myth? Um, you know, for some, it may seem really, really elusive. And the, um, the pearl of this week is free-falling. And I believe that when you're talking about a forgiveness, you know, it's one to even look at it and get to the point of um, realizing that you need, either need it for yourself to be forgiven or you need to forgive something that has happened to you or forgive somebody who has done something wrong to you, um, it, it opens up a really core raw nerve. It also, as well as having my, my own personal experience about it, is that in order to get to a part where you even need to talk about forgiveness, you're talking about... Um, like a negative bag of emotions you 're talking about a sore spot you 're talking about some sort of wound, and I talked about this, and it 's the core theme of of this week 's um mama 's pearls blog, which i post up posted up yesterday um, you know for me like the deepest the deepest wounds can really only come from my family members. you know I think that those closest to us can hurt us the most if we if we let them because we 're so open and emotional and vulnerable to them, um, where it's when you have that openness that if somebody comes in and mucks around and starts taking advantage of you, then then that's when the resentments can fill up. so that's what we're going to explore this week, and particularly as how do we go through the process of forgiveness. It's You know, some of the things are, are obviously easy to forgive than others. You know, you know everything is all relative to the circumstances of what it is we're looking at that needs to be resolved for you or whether it needs to be resolved for the person that you're seeking forgiveness from, um, you know, and just how, how heinous what was it. You know some people get get ticked off about you know what I see as smaller things like not RSVPing to a party or not coming um to a certain celebration or um, you know things along that lines of, of not showing up um, Some people get really offended and almost demand apologies, other people it rolls off their back, so forgiveness is really a um i feel like it's it's a very intensely personal. Topic and it's really all relative to to who you are and how, what your viewpoint is. And one of the things, like, I, I just love about this is, you know, and I say this all the time, like, oh, Mama is like, I never know exactly where the week is going to take me and where the subjects are going to take me. Um, I just knew that before we got into being thankful next week for Thanksgiving, I felt it was so important to first release anything that was holding us back release any negative emotions so we can truly forgive in order to be open truly open to a state of thanks and then particularly coming off of family legacies you know and looking at big dark dark spooky shadows um are you able to step aside and look at people in, in your family that, where there are rifts and where they have stepped in and, and you know, have done wrong to you or have um, exploited a vulnerability and forgive them? And so this whole exploration, and if you look at it, I mean, thankfully, there are so many resources out there. Um, and one of the things I was, completely fascinated about in, in, in diving into this was not only my, my own process around forgiveness because sometimes it really is just as easy as calling somebody up and talking it out and then you reconcile it and move on but not every act or everything or every person can find forgiveness and reconciliation like they're they're almost two separate and distinct parts like you can forgive someone for it from a distance but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like a two-way conversation that you have to sit down at the table and kind of mediate it out and walk away feeling like it's been reconciled like i feel like some of the best things in forgiveness and some of the best lessons are when you are able to Take a good look at a person or or an event or, you know, something at work. Come to terms with it of a level of acceptance. Start your process of, okay, what what is it in me means that did that really affect? And let it go and not repeat the same actions or not let that person in again. You know, I I think boundaries are a really good and healthy thing um, and healthy way to, to maintain your space and when you have that in place and you go through a process of um of forgiveness and that work then you can start seeing where maybe you need to to beef up your boundaries so when our special guest comes on the show today's masha is joining us she's been on the show before and she's just truly she's truly been a mentor and coach to me um since I've known her, it was just kind of, you know, an instant natural friendship that we've had, and she is a spiritual coach, she is um, she is a healer, she is a believer in practical spirit, spiritual applications, so when she joins us, I want her to talk a little bit about um, the process of forgiveness and dive a little bit deeper into that. So, but if you if you do do some research and you kind of look, the idea of the relative aspects between you and your process of forgiveness, a lot of that is going to be tied to your religious beliefs and how you were trained. So whether you are conscious of that or not, um, you know, most of us kind of get introduced to our religions at a very young age through, through um, religious schools and through your parents. So those kind of precepts are ingrained and unless you're of the buddhist mindset because buddha buddhism really preaches that in order to get to a state of having to forgive you must first experience resentment or a negative feeling which i totally agree with but their whole practice is to avoid those feelings in the first place and to live in a constant state of compassion and love and um and and well-being that you don't ever get to the negative space okay so so that's a real core pretext of buddhism so if you don't ever really see that there's any separation between love and god and you're never separated from that space you'll never get to the point of um, (laughs) of having to seek out forgiveness for yourself or other people most of us mere mortals do experience negative emotions, you know? I mean, I, I, I love the Buddhist precepts, but I don't feel um, that I've actually mastered them in every area of my life. I certainly um, have held grudges before and am still kind of working through certain, um, certain situations that require a lot of deep, intense spiritual work so I can even, you know, really feel forgiveness you know i'm kind of almost there but not really quite yet (laughs) haven't gotten over that hill so you know so putting buddhists aside and if you are a buddhist and you feel like you don't need any any work on forgiveness then you know feel free to just tune in for 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 um for little little giggles how at us mere mortals who don't know any better um i kind of tend to fall into and still hold the space that jesus was talking about when you know us mere mortals we know not what we do um but the difference the one thing that i found that was completely fascinating when you looked at all the major religions is that they do talk about forgiveness in judaism um (laughs) there's a couple of layers here you know one it is um it says that you must first seek out forgiveness from your fellow man because god cannot forgive you for your sins to each other god can only forgive you to the sins that you make against god so basically, in my mind, like where where I'm seeing God here is like God's laying back and basically is like, don't bring me your problems with your brother, your sister, your mother, your uncle, your friend, your this and that. You work that out, and when you're ready and you've got that all worked out, then you come to me. So, but <laughs> which is, it's like... You know, I look at that. I'm like, is that just lazy on God's part? Like, just I don't want to get in the middle of it. Like, you guys go and working out. Like, I don't know. My I'm still kind of processing that one. I'll let you know when I come to a conclusion. But the the other precept there is it, it's kind of like a three strike rule where it's not enough to just ask once for forgiveness. You're supposed to ask three times for forgiveness um, from the person that you've wronged to get it to a sense where it, they really feel the sincerity in your actions and you're very sincere in asking it. I mean, really. Only only in Judaism would you have to, like, beg someone <laughs> for forgiveness and say you're sorry three times. It's not enough just to say, you know what? I screwed up. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Three times you have to do it. And then you can bring it to God. Um so so that's what they what they go in Judaism. And here's um and it basically, yeah, again, one must go to those he has harmed in order to be entitled forgiveness. Now, some may think, because I was under this misconception as well, that the Day of Atonement of Yom Kippur, which is which is probably the highest of all Jewish holidays, the Day of Atonement means that God is going to forgive you for your sins. But again, there's that little catch-all where God doesn't want to hear about your problems with your earthly people. He'll hear you and forgive you for your sins that you've done to him, in you know, to God. But so, you know, I look at that and I'm like, what? What does that mean to truly offend God? Um, Muslims answer that question, and they're, they're, okay. So so okay. So in Muslims, their main exception to where you cannot be forgiven is if you've worshipped false idols other than your God. So I would think that if you're worshiping a false idol in Judaism, that you can bring that to God, that that is a direct sin against God. But you can't even go there if you're a Muslim. Like that's just an unforgivable sin. And one of the things on Facebook that I was asking this week was, is there such a thing as an unforgivable sin? And there's a lot of knee-jerk reactions and things that you can kind of blanket up and group together as a big stereotype, almost as um, you know, as we kind of can categorize, you know, truly heinous crimes, you know, any crimes against children, any rapists, any murderers. Um, but one of the things I found and learned, really, my within my first month of law school, t- especially taking criminal law, was that there always seems to be an exception to every rule. Um, that, you know, every defendant coming into a case has a defense or at least their attorneys try and make a defense. Even if you plead guilty and you totally did it, you might try to plead guilty by reason of insanity. In You're a mental case. I, I had no competency or understanding or, or comprehension of what my actions were doing. Or I ran into a bedroom and saw my 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 wife or my husband, and he was making love to another woman or making love to another man. And in the heat of that passion of seeing that in that shot, you know, that shock, I picked up a knife and killed someone. You know, so those were the crimes of passion that, that carved out all these exceptions to these really heinous crimes where if you looked at it from outside and you see somebody killed someone in the whole thou shalt not kill thing, you would automatically see, you know, guilty, toss them away. Not necessarily so. Our justice system is is kind of built on levels, multiple tiers and levels of how we can forgive certain crimes and how heinous of an act we actually think it can be, um, all, up this, uh, all up to the all up to the stages getting slapped in the wrist and, and let go, up to the stages and states where we um, employ the death penalty on somebody for a truly egregious crime. It's kind of the same way when we look to forgiveness. One of the things that I kept kept searching for what the were those own exceptions and personal exceptions that I had you know where going down old roster and one of the things that that came up for me were some some interesting situations that I had with some ex-boyfriends and I recently had a facebook you know chat conversation with one of my ex-boyfriends who back in the day did a lot of things that that pissed me off and that really hurt me and that created some wounds and you know I was really happy to find him on Facebook because I kind of went through all those things um and I was really surprised because at first before we had that conversation I still held grudges where it wasn't really apparent in my day-to-day life like it didn't affect my relationship with my husband my relationship with my children how I saw the world but it did you know it kind of like did fester i definitely what did was not all buddha about it like that those feelings festered somewhere inside me there it was you know i say in the blog you know when you have those feelings you can choose to let them into the door of your soul and fight and give them safe harbor well they were definitely harboring i don't know whether so safely but they were definitely harboring and that that conversation with my ex-boyfriend where i just kind of laid it out and the more I did, the the better I felt. I think mean, it was, um, you know, you could say, well, that's nice thing. You just totally dump on this guy. But, yeah, I did, and I'm going to say right now that he totally deserved it, and he knows he actually kind of deserved it. Um, but it was actually a very therapeutic process, and... I got to say a lot of things that I've been holding on to for a long time that I've never had a chance to say to him or maybe I I might have said things into a past but he was nowhere in a state to to truly hear it. Um you know there 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 is a ton of school of thought that says when you're working from healing it has to heal both sides um if a person if you're talking to somebody who has no idea what you're talking about and can't even relate to the fact that they hurt you or did something to offend you um you know it it just the reconciliation will will never happen you're just not going to meet on common ground with it it's just you know it's your throwing water against the wall so you know at this point which is already a decade over a decade later he was able to actually hear me and give me responses you no know, he didn't just walk away and it wasn't just me rambling on and you know doing enter 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 like he was he was responding to each one of the things and we talked it out and i tried to approach it from the most graceful respectful way as possible because this wasn't yesterday we're not still together it doesn't you know what I mean but it it just still was helpful for me to get that out and once I did once I did kind of get to the point with him where I was able to release these old feelings of resentment of hurt of wounds um, I I felt more whole and I felt a lot freer and we you know now we can kind of go on and joke with one another um and he did kind of say at the end of that conversation like next time we talk you know can we maybe keep it a little bit lighter and a little bit nicer cuz um you know when I do thank you for for <laughs> for being open with me on on that chat um But, you know, and we have been since then. You know, we don't talk all the time, but, you know, every now and again. And that's been really nice. I mean, I like to know that parts of my past where people have come in and have played really meaningful roles to me, um, that that's all good, that there's no ill feelings around that. I don't like looking into my, my past and feeling hurt. Do I have regrets? Absolutely, and we could do a whole show just on regrets people because I've got plenty um but as far as forgiveness goes you know i I look at the people who I've experienced um hurt feelings with, and I feel pretty okay um but like in the religions, I still look to carve carve out exceptions, and I think it's really hard not to um there's something about holding your grudge that you don't want to let it go it's like i don't know it's like it's one it's like an addiction to that negative feeling but it's also a little bit like if i hold the grudge against you and then we get into a tiff somewhere later on i have that grudge in my back pocket that i could kind of throw at you in the future probably in a a totally unrelated event, and somehow I'll get an upper hand. You know, like I just, I don't know, there's something about grudges. You know, we kind of use them and store them almost as bargaining chips. And if we can learn to let go of them and fully live in the present as far as, you know, Okay, some, especially in relationships, long-term relationships or with family members, you could have perpetual, (laughs) and I will use the word perpetual, you can have like never-ending patterns with someone where they will repeat the same things over and over again. So they're kind of lashing at the same wound on you over and over and over and over again. So unless you do make note of of what they're doing and be able to pin it for them and call it, on them over and over and over again, they might not get the point you know I mean, and if they're doing it over and over again, chances are they're not going to change or get the point anytime soon, but that's a whole other issue um so but the continual holding on for grudge for like grudge's sake, you know, my sister used to carry um we used to call it like once you once you really wronged her, you got on her uh okay, if I can't use the naughty word, I'll just say the naughty list and it would take forever, I mean, like, years to get off the naughty list. Like, she never forgot. She has a total steel trap. And Val, if you're listening and you want to call in, please call in and, and, and share. Three four seven three two seven nine four five zero. Um But I think she's out and about. But anyway, so, but it would take years to get off the naughty list, on Val's naughty list, which is why I was so, so shocked that the person who's now my brother-in-law because they actually met in in college and he was on that list like top contender for a really really long time and somehow some magical way he got off that list and wound up marrying my sister and you know now they have children together all that kind of fun stuff so um, so forgiveness is definitely possible because if you, if my sister can forgive you and you can get off that that naughty list, that then you just deserve forgiveness and you know green passes, get out of jail free cards for the rest of your life. Um, it's not an easy thing. I've been I've been on and off that list for for quite some time and it is not a fun place to be. But what is happening when? When um, when you do hold on to grudges, what does that do to your body? Um, you know, there's a lot of studies now, and I was doing some research and looking at the, the Mayo Clinic about how it just, those resentments and negative feelings add into stress and can totally wear you down physically physically. Um, you may not necessarily believe that your whole being and holistic wellness and and your day-to-day physical wellness and health in the medical sense has to do with your, your feelings. But I completely do believe that it does um, and that in the sense that when you hold on to negative emotions and negative feelings and the grudges, it does bury into you in an energetic state, and eventually, you know, may lay latent for years and years and years, and a life that, you know, um, and eventually you might feel soreness or or other things might come from it. And I know when I'm super stressing about something, um, or get into those those states and those negative states, I feel more fatigued. I don't want to get up and, and go to my Pilates class or yoga class, which then and think about and haven't been in since uh like a month or so. So I'm going to try my try to forgive myself for that. Um which brings me to one of the the harder areas where, you know, it's Sometimes easier to forgive other people, but sometimes it's so hard to forgive yourself for things that you've done, for the regrets. Like I was saying, that I that I do have, and how do we get to that point where we can, you know, have that love and compassion for ourselves? It takes a lot of work. And um, and sometimes it's easy, but sometimes, usually, when you're talking about deep, deep stuff, it takes a lot of work. And you know, which is why I kind of started with talking about the different religions, because a lot of the different religions and different um, different treatment plans, in quotes, they say is to is to find a religious guide that that you like talking to, find a confidant that you can that you can talk talk through these things, find a mental health professional, go to therapy, or do some inner work, do some meditation, do some guides, pick up a self-help book to really guide you through the process. Everybody keeps talking about The Course in Miracles. And the course of miracles have been, has been out for a really long time. It's, it's you know Marian Williamson has an incarnation of it with her book, and now it's I understand it's an online course which she's offering for free. And so many people have mentioned it to me in the last I don't know like in a really short period of time. I, I mean I've known about the book. I know about Marianne for a really long time. She's one of the the gurus in the self help um, metaphysical space and um you know i think it's time that i do do the course of miracles i know it is a commitment to do where it's basically a lesson plan for every single day it is a course and i've kind of vowed after, after i took the bar exam that i would no longer do any courses but i'm i'm excited to see where it is going to take me and if it can take me to a deeper place of forgiveness so i think masha just joined us masha you on air Yep. Hi. How are you? Is this you? Hello, yes. my dear. Yeah. Okay. Hi. So, like I was saying in the beginning, so Masha is one of my my spiritual mentors. She is also has really kind of started shining even brighter since the last time we had her on the show, and is, you know, has been for a while, Gabby, Gabrielle Bernstein's right-hand woman, as far as doing regular interviews, which are featured on the homepage at www.herfuture.com, she does a really, truly inspiring and powerful conversation with all sorts of wonderful men and women out there in the spiritual space. She is an interviewer, mentor, a coach, a meditation specialist. She conducts workshops. She's been doing a radio show for the last four years with Denise Coates called Feel It Real Radio. And she has since launched her own her own site where you can go and talk to Masha and and request different services directly at the Spiritual Makeover So, welcome back to the show. Oh, you're my, thank you're you. my other thank favorite. Thank you, that is,
0: that is some introduction. Thank you very much. Well, I you should have. It, my love. To, I, seriously, like, I didn't. I. You, I I should have you writing up all of my, you know, bios and introductions. I'm always like, yeah, I'm a mom. <laughs> Do meditation, <medicine people. laughs> And and
1: besides that, your most important job, you're a mom to, like, my kids, like, two best friends. <laughs> yeah, they love their kids, too.
0: Thank you so much oh for having God, me. I'm so excited. Amazing. This is my favorite topic in the whole having world. having here. Oh, thank you. I know.
1: I know. This is, and, like, this is and the topic really a topic that been a guide for me.
0: Oh, thank you. What, huh? Thank you. No, this topic, like, seriously gets me so juiced up. Why? Because I feel like forgiveness is such a heated topic. Um, You know, like, I I always – whenever – I address forgiveness. I almost hear like the people in the background shouting, like, "What about the rapists? What about the child molesters? What about all those bad mm-hmm. people? They sh- they're unforgivable, you know." And um, mm-hmm. and I, so I just kind of want to like get that out of the way. Where I look, there are certain things that people do, and I would I don't agree with. I find them devastating. Um, I hope to never have to get anywhere near any of those types of subjects. Um, in my life or anybody that I love or anybody around me. But I do know this, is that if we don't teach our children how to forgive and if we don't forgive things that happen in our lives ourselves and we don't let things go and we don't heal past wounds, then we will be raising children that don't have compassion, that don't know how to deal with their anger, and those are the types of people that do bad things.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. So, like, that's (laughs) that's what I have to (laughs) say. You know, you know, like, I'm afraid of being crucified, although, like, I'll probably be in good company. All, like, good teachers got crucified at some point or another. But um, I have to say that that's just something that I really, I strongly believe, you know, because I know that when I'm consumed with resentment, and, and that's happened to me. It happens to me all the time. I have to do daily forgivenesses every single day. But when I'm consumed with anger... Or um, addictive thoughts and holding on to resentment, I am not a nice person to be around. I don't wanna do good for people. I don't wanna help people out. I just wanna stay stuck in my head and think about all the people that have done really bad things to me. And that kind of makes me like a useless human being. So, um, so I, yeah, I just wanna so kind useless. of throw that out. So useless. Like I just kind well, of wanna throw that out into the so table
1: because well, forgiveness is, is not forgiveness think, is
0: not saying I just want to say one more thing is that forgiveness is not saying you know, it's okay you know rate me kill me molest me I'm fine with it right forgiving is just not you know I read this quote and I forwarded it to you is that holding on to resentment is like letting people you despise live rent in your minds right and because that's what it's all about like when you hold on to the resentment these thoughts are consuming you, and you're not living the way that you need to
1: be living right and um, and i you just basically summed up what I've been yammering about for the, like the last forty minutes, and like ah, few sorry. Minutes.
0: so, sorry.
1: so you should no no, no, you should sum up my my stuff and what what I'm trying to vocalize, and I'll write your bio mm-hmm. It's a fair go,
2: straight lot but. but.
1: <laughs> but
2: what is it that you think
1: as far as why people are so addicted to the resentment and the negative feelings?
0: Why? Because, you know, our minds mm-hmm. are trained to really um, kind of think about those negative thoughts because they're suppo- it's supposed to ward off fear. You know, we're all animals, really. So, like, it's easier to be addicted to negative thoughts because those are, like, the go-to thoughts in your mind because we're we're taught our minds are just a chemical factory and look I'm not a scientist or a doctor or whatever so I don't really like have that much you know expertise to talk about this stuff but um basically you know you're supposed to feel fear um very acutely because it's supposed to warn you of danger so that's why we you know we we get addicted to these thoughts we just kind of we we we're kind of in this space where um, it's easier to think about the scary thoughts because our mind is trained to go to them first. But it's kind of like besides the point. Like once you're done with the danger and once you've kind of shaken yourself off, then you're not supposed to hold on to it anymore. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Right. <laughs> yes. So when you're in the space of letting go, I mean, I was just right before, right when you called, I was talking about The Course of Miracles. Because mm-hmm. um, I know you've gone, you've gone through the course and have experienced that I've yet to. But so many people have been mentioning the Course in Miracles to me, but right. I understand that it's right. it's one it's one kind of a treatment plan to help you to get and stay in the present, but also to become a master in forgiveness. Mm. So can you talk about that a little bit as far as what the process is? Because we already talked about how when you commit to getting and releasing those negative feelings and getting to a space of forgiveness, that it is a process. Yes.
0: It is a process because you have to first, you know, begin to really clear the clutter out of your mind. Because you've been thinking all of these negative thoughts and holding on to all these grievances for so long, they become a part of you. So you you need to start, you know, through meditation, through daily work, to really start to kind of create the space to let go of the fear, let go of the resentment, and make way for love. That's pretty much what the what the course teaches.
1: Okay. So does it go any deeper? Where, Where are you? Deeper? I'm sorry.
0: I'm like all over the place. Where are um, you? I just walked into my house and I was just driving. I'm sorry. There's like a windstorm outside. So. <laughs> yeah, of course it goes deeper, but it, it it the course kind of trains you from the beginning to really um to get into this mind frame. So in the beginning the lessons are like very simplistic and then they go deeper and deeper because basically what the course teaches is that we're all like the mind we're all born with love and then the mind separates. Um, We learn how to feel fear. We learn to be, um, to hold on to resentment. We learn all of this, you know, negative stuff that is basically passed along from our parents or in society. And when you start doing the course, it becomes sort of like a mind cleanse where you start to realize that nothing is really outside of you. It's all an inside job. So you have the power and the control over your thoughts.
1: Right. Right. So that relates to when you're saying it's an inside job, no matter what happens externally, you still have the choice of how to process and how to filter those external situations. Um, One of the things that, you know, when you were saying about rapists and the this and that, and I was talking earlier about, You know, in criminal law, you just read about all those sorts of cases, and there are a myriad of exceptions, um, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a hierarchy. But when it impacts you personally, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one thing to say external factors... you know, that happens over there, Enron here, you know, right. the oil spill, blah, 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 blah. These things are unforgivable and pin it on someone else that doesn't necessarily affect your internal world. Right. When it does rattle your core, whether you are physically attacked or verbally assaulted or, um, you know, somebody stole and wiped out your bank account. Of course. You know, those yeah. things start rattling you. So how do you kind of deal with that and not do it from a state of feeling resentful. Through meditation
0: really and you know, through reaching out to lots of different people and you can't do this alone. It's an inside job but you can't do it alone so you have to get a support system. So if there's something that's happened to you where um, somebody's done something wrong to you or something tragic has happened, you can't do it alone. So that's where you really need to go and find mentors, teachers, guides, whatever you need to do to heal yourself. But first you have to be willing. You have to be willing to forgive, and that's not always easy because sometimes you, you hold on to it because that's the only thing you have left to hold on to. But once Friends. you realize that this is suffocating you, you can't breathe, you can't live, that your life just keeps on deteriorating because you're holding on to this uh, resentment that basically then everything else in your life starts to fall apart too, um, you, you kind of get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so you have to be willing. That's the number one step is you have to ask yourself, am I willing to start breathing again. Am I willing to let the situation go so that I can, you know, move on in some
1: way, in some baby step way? Now, what about if it's happening within your family unit? Because those, for me, are the the rifts and the cords and the wounds that that run the deepest and hmm. bleed the most. Hmm. Right. Um, you know, any anything else that happens out outside of my my family of my loved ones and my support system, like for me with my friends, it it takes a lot for my friends to get me, you know, to a point of being of course. pissed off. Like I always tell that some Melissa or some of my friends. So like, Oh, are you mad? I'm like, Really? You're asking me that? Like right. you gotta do a hell of a lot to piss me off as my friend. I'm right. much, much more quick to quick to the state of being pissed if it's as somebody I don't know, and somebody who's external. When right. it happens within your within your family unit, though, um, mm-hmm. if you do let it get to the space of you know, maybe it is. I was talking before where you know you become kind of a whipping boy, and somebody's kind of doing really perpetual, habitual, um, habitual things to you. Um, maybe no verbally one any- or you no know one a does pattern. anything,
0: but no one does anything to you you know it's a choice at any given moment to um allow
1: yourself to be that whipping boy do you understand right you know my, yes but my my first my first instinct is here you know is is looking at children you know children okay. who are abused Let's yeah, you know, I mean that—that's a hard, sticky situation in and of itself, and I'm—I'm I'm sure that that, within the mama's Pearls Carl, community, this is moot. But however, that's where I first, my mind first goes when looking at that child. He's not asking for that. He's—he's he's looking for love. He's looking for acceptance. All child come, come into that, um, you know. So, you know, I agree as far as it's an internal job, and you can kind of you know, externalized, but that's still happening to you.
0: But I don't understand what you're saying because are you talking about the child learning how to forgive or the or a parent watching? I don't understand your
1: question. You can look at it both ways. You can say the child learning for you know, how to forgive and obviously that's probably a process that will be a lifelong process for that child as they grow up. And right. then, if the parent ever comes around and cures whatever it is that takes them to you know gets them to that space, being able to forgive themselves and then seeking forgiveness from the child
0: right you know again i did I kind of discussed this at the beginning of the of the call that I don't understand why people do um terrible things to children and to the helpless right. and to to whatever so it's it's not really of my 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 realm to to speak to that because I don't understand people who act in ways that are not loving but I do know this is that if they're acting in ways that are not loving there's something that's happening internally to them so and I right. know that that whatever the child is experiencing and I pray for those children every single day because I know that there are children out there who are suffering, and that they're at the hands and the mercy of people who are, are mo- you know, monsters really, because they haven't learned to 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 heal whatever's going on inside of them. So I pray for them. Do I forgive the people that are hurting them? You know, it, that's a hard thing to to say or to ask. I mean, I'm a it's mom. Hard. So, you know, th- right. those are hard things. But I do know this is that if they are doing terrible things, there's something going on inside of them. So I can't fix all the stuff that's going on outside in the world. I can only pray and send light, light Come on, love, and love. Yeah, I can't. I can't go out and do that. Come Which, on, I-, 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 I will try my best. But I do know that I can start with the children that are inside my house. And my children will grow up kind with empathy and compassion, and they'll learn to love people, and they'll learn Mm -hmm. how to um, deal with their emotions in a healthy way because all I can do is just lead by example, you know, and... That's all that I can say. But that, you know, those are some heavy-duty subjects there. And I do know Mm. that there are people out there who have had their children murdered and raped. And I see them on CNN, and they're telling the world that they have forgiven the murderer. Now, do I want to be in those shoes and understand what that feels like? Hell no.
1: Never. But I do know that people do
0: it never. That's not my karma, and I don't want to go there. But... I know that there are people out there who do it. I have a very good friend who is in prison right now for killing his parents in a crazy rage when he was 23 years old. He was coming off a heroin addiction, and he killed his parents. He killed his parents. And he's in jail right now, and he has to live with that every single day. And his grandmother goes to visit him all the time. His brother goes to visit him all the time. Like there is a capacity, yeah. there is something inside of us that can choose that love and cho- because you do it for your own salvation. You don't do it because you're letting the other person off the hook. You do it because you want to live in a way that doesn't suffocate you because hatred and fear and resentment, those are suffocating emotions. It doesn't matter what the other person did. That other person, let God deal with them. You know, there's that song, and I know I'm going to sound really cheesy here, but Max loves the song from Will Smith, you know, Prince Jazzy Jeff, and whatever his name is, um, <laughs> that song, like, Building Castles in the Sky. And he's talking to his son, and he's like, you know, in life there are people that will make you mad, disrespect disrespect you, and make you sad. Let, let God deal with the things they do, because pain in your heart or hate in your heart will consume you, too. You know, those are beautiful words to teach your children. Let
1: God deal
0: with that. Those are beautiful
1: words, but I was talking in the beginning, like in Judaism, Mm -hmm. there's there's this precept about forgiveness that God can only forgive men and mortals for their sins against God. Otherwise, you have to seek forgiveness from each other.
2: So if Mm -hmm. you're in Christianity,
1: if you're a Christian, then and that's okay god will will feel for them you know right. you are you are just held to the standard of holding holding a space of forgiveness and then you will be forgiven in.
2: Mm-hmm. but not in
1: judaism mm-hmm. uh uh-uh. <laughs> uh uh-uh. you're you're pretty screwed if you're <laughs> you're jewish and don't go beg beg for mercy right but, you know and i think well, you, you know,
0: know what some, i ask a really every time I go, beautiful employees every night Every night I go to sleep. I read um, a book to my kids every night, and like it's, it's called like the bedtime Shema. Max's third year old, third grade teacher, uh third grade teacher, three teacher teacher, um, read the book at some story time, and I loved it. And the first book, the first page of the book is, you know, what have I done today? Did I hurt someone else? I ask for forgiveness. Did someone hurt me? I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive, and that's a Jewish book, you know. So right. I don't know. You know, we can go but, round and no, round but, this but topic all day long. But that is the, that
1: is the step, though. That's, yeah, no, that's the thing is that you have to be into the state of forgiveness to go and seek forgiveness.
0: Right. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't do you, go by any religious say? rules or whatever, you know. Like, I just go from what's in my heart <laughs> and what's what I know.
1: <laughs> and I hear that. And Well, but you are also very much of... Um, Almost a Buddhist mindset Which when we talked in the beginning Is more of you're at the place Where you don't get to the place Of holding Resentments or negative feelings In the first place It's only those who can't Who can't um, Do that that get into the state That has to deal with this But that's not Mm -hmm. saying also that you don't have the capacity To forgive It's just that you do it from the, the Positive light space of love rather than taking it into into the negative, dark, shadowy um, world of forgiveness and those negative feelings. Well, that's not you true
0: know, because I, I, if- have, I've, I have had some really, you know, angry thoughts of people and I, I have gotten into that mode of dark places. So I kind of can understand. Mm-hmm. Not you're human. Dark- yeah, I'm human. Not as dark as what you're suggesting about like child abuse. Like I grew up pretty, right. you know, much in a good in a good space i mean you know like there i've had incidents i've had things that happened to me that i would have rather not happen or people have done things to hurt me that i would have rather they had not done but you know what i'm not going to think about this guy who was 18 years old who touched me inappropriately when i was nine every single day of my life like what a waste of time right. would that be you know um right he was sick, you know. There was something wrong with him, and and I hope that wherever he is today, that he is he is happy and that he is well and that he is healthy and that he's doing the right thing by people and by little girls. So, you know, like there. But but what good would it serve me if I started thinking about him every single day and like wishing him death? And you know, like sending him, like, hatred and whatever, or trying to track him down and find him and be like, you did this to me, you know? Like, that wouldn't serve me any purpose. That wouldn't do anything for my day-to-day.
1: Right. It's it's an interesting and fascinating process, this little ball of forgiveness. <laughs> I
2: see
1: Melissa is finally joining us. Melissa. Hi, guys. How are you?
2: Hi. Hi birthday happy girl. birthday, Melissa. So- Thank you. And I was so excited to hear you were calling in Maka because I knew a good dose of Maka makes everyone feel better.
1: (laughs) You're so cute. Exactly. My my two favorite M's. You're my M and M. I hope you forgive me for being
2: (laughs) I hope you guys forgive me for being late. Oh my god, you're totally forgiven.
1: You're gonna have to do some penance first. Serious serious, serious penance. <laughs> a pet but I usually, I usually call, those, I usually call
2: those I call those
1: so here here's kind of the the last bit of the topic that I wanted to bite into, which obviously is a huge, huge meaty topic. Um, and can take you any which ways. And obviously, if you're holding on to fear and resentments, I'm sure this is bringing up a lot of, a lot of issues for people. Um, so I do want to respect that, that space that we're all talking about. It is, Clever, do you think, you know, you kind of see like you forgive and forget, or you forgive, you ne- but you never forget? Mm-hmm. What is that concept, though, of, not forgetting or not being in the space to fully let go. Because obviously you you forgave that, you know, that, that man or that boy, right. boy but mm-hmm. you don't forget it. I mean, is that part of the animal instinct to protect us from future harm? Is that part of just our, our learning process? Like you know, maybe
0: I, I mean, forget. Yeah. Maybe I don't like the thing is, is that when you clear, like when the course talks about, you know, clearing the space, And filling it up with love. There's so many things that I love, that I do, that uh, he doesn't have any room to creep into my mind. So, yeah, I can remember it, but I can remember it from my intellectual mind, but my heart doesn't really remember any of it. I don't hold any grievance towards him. So, you know, like when I think about it, I'm I'm not taken back to that place where I was scared or worried or whatever. I feel that. I forgave and I let go. But I can recall the incident and talk about it in a very matter-of-fact way.
1: Right.
0: And maybe I just remember it to just know that, you know what, there are certain people that do certain things. And maybe I had that incident just to teach me that there are there are some sick people out there and that I can have the capacity to forgive.
1: Right. You know, the thing is, it's just, you know, all of us on this show right now have daughters also. And Mm -hmm. even we have sons. And you want them to respect whoever they're around later in their personal space and their private parts and, and also with that. So, you know, I think possibly it's another lesson for us to take on to the next generation as far as making sure that they're growing up with love, compassion, self-respect for, for you know, themselves. Their internal workup and makeup, as well as those around them that are going to be close with them. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want people walking mm-hmm. away being like, "Oh, well, if I'm just forgiven, that's all right. I can go and and do X, Y, Z bad thing." No, um, no, you know, it's not okay. No, um, that's not okay, yeah, and you know, it's not it's not
0: permission to be a doormat as the wind blows. You know, right. like it's not a permission slip <laughs> for people to do bad things. It's um, you know, you cho- like I choose to raise my children so that they know that they're guided and protected and I fine tune their instincts so that when my daughter has a choice whether or not to be in the room with a strange man or to run away or to do something, I'm raising her to trust that whatever her gut is telling her is right on. Right on the money. Right. You know, don't go and right. well, don't I, go and hug you're, go and hug that person.
1: Right. You're tapping into this quote by Paul um, Boise that says, forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think that's part of of why we hold a memory bank for these things. You know, I was talking earlier about getting to a point of forgiveness and kind of hashing out some things with an ex boyfriend of mine and we finally like got on Facebook and we were like chatting and I and I really did hash it out. And right. um you know, and it got to the point where it was, you know, maybe those things those just thinking me back and processing what those things were did help me along the way with my current relationship with my husband. To right. kind of restructure the balance in, in healthier ways. Um, all of but, our
0: relationships you know,
1: it's are tough.
2: teachers. Exactly. That's what the course teaches as well. That
0: all of all of our relationships, all of our experiences, are here to serve to teach us in some way. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and when you can choose to look at it that way, it, it gets a little easy to forgive, to disassociate yourself. Like I can look at the experiences of my past, the people, and situations that have hurt me, and you know what? I don't know if I would change any of them, really. Like, they've all made up who I am today, and I kind of like myself
1: a whole lot. So in that, um, I I like you, too. You're, like, cool and stuff. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, but I, I see that, too, as far as looking back and looking within and seeing, okay, this happened to bring up, stir up whatever emotion in me what's the lesson, what's the gift, what's the blessing, what am I learning, you know, and being able to let that be and, like you said, let it go so you can fill that space up with love. Um, The grudges piece, I find, is probably the hardest part for people to let go of.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And that's where you get into, into, like, the snickering, oh, yeah, I'll forgive you. You can say you're sorry, but I'm not going to forget.
2: Right.
1: And holding that as as your little bargaining chip in your pocket, um, you know that those are those those are the more the more sticky ones to say, you know, no, fully let those go. You know, bring it up to the cashier and you know let the casino have their chips back.
2: Right. Can I interject Can what what I also. Is- say- have Sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, you know, thinking about the person who may have screwed up and done something. And again, this is someone who does something to you, not in a. I guess I missed a lot of the previous stuff. Even with friendships and girls, and, you know, sometimes women, college friends, have a falling out and they don't speak for years. And I'm sure you used the example, Cynthia, with Libby Goldberg and Oprah. You, oh, you, I didn't talk about you, that yet, but yeah. Well, if you forgive someone, but you really don't forget, and I'm not saying you forget about everything. I think time heals all wounds, but it's not fair to the person if you say, I forgive you. And you don't really forgive them. Right. And if the person's trying right. to make good and you always dangle it over their head, it's, it's really... That's
0: not for, but that's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. Like forgiveness
2: right. And so it's yeah. understanding you really... Forget about the words, I'm sorry. It's like if you are really, really willing to forgive someone for something that they did to you, you have to really, you know, you have to walk the walk and talk the talk. And I feel like right. that, Any time I've ever gotten to that point, I've always felt so much better. The grudge right. yeah, and the have the energy. is so hard to digest and that's what you have to work on personally and it's not the other person's job, it's your job. To well there's that
0: it. you know, there's that um I don't know, like I it's hard for me to recall, like well, there's so many proverbs and stories. I don't know if it was a Chinese yeah, yeah, it's like a monk story where there is this monk that um they were walking in silence and then there was a woman in the in the um in the water or something and the monk like went and helped the woman and carried her over the water and the other monk was like really pissed off like you weren't you're not supposed to touch a woman you're not supposed to do all those things or whatever and the and finally the monk was like did I do something wrong is everything okay and he said yeah thinking that you weren't allowed to touch that woman and and help her and whatever he's like well I let go of her a long time ago but you're still carrying her you're still holding on to her Right. So right. I totally butchered this story, but, you know, I'm not a storyteller. I'm just a healer, so like, <laughs> and bear with me. But that's the whole point, is that if you're still carrying these grievances, you're, you're doing more damage to yourself than the other person. You're actually giving power to the person who hurt you, or you're giving power to the person that disappointed you by still carrying that grievance or that, you know, hurt around with you. That other person is off living their life. Like, that guy who touched me inappropriately, who knows? I I have a feeling that he's a successful businessman today, and he has a family and whatever. He's not thinking about me. He just cares less about me. So, like, why would I even give him the satisfaction of still be dwelling on him and giving him the power over my mind? What's crazy.
2: It's a very
1: good question. It's a very good question because I wouldn't do it. I don't. Yep. You don't recommend it. it. (laughs) One one of the things that. Yeah,
0: but one of the things that you said in the beginning about you know like some people are harder to forgive than others, the family members or Mm -hmm. the whatever. It's every single relationship out there is a part of you, basically. And, you know, you said that it was easier to forgive your friends than maybe, you know, family or this or whatever. But you can't, one of the things that the Course in Miracles teaches is not to make anybody special. And special being not you're so special, I love you, I want to wrap you up in fur and kiss you all over. Special meaning giving, attaching all this importance to them, attaching all this power to them. Mm -hmm. We really have to let Mm -hmm. people be just as they are. And not make any one person special than the other. Yeah, obviously your kids are special to you. They're part of your soul, they're part of your heart. But they are just another relationship. And all of your relationships should be from the heart and from the soul. Whether it be your mother in law, whether it be your child.
1: You know, we're all right. Part, we're but, all the, in this but the together. importance the importance and the power though when my son does something, um, You know, or is going through something like you know, get sick or whatever, or when my daughter had to go through a procedure in the hospital. You know, that obviously has much more power and stronghold over my emotions and my heart than hearing it from a third party, random third person that went through the same exact thing. So, you know, and I said this in the beginning, beginning of the show, where you know, it's kind of all relative. It Um, is. To who and what you you are and what you're surrounded by. When I hear of
0: a child suffering, I think of that child as my own child. So it is all relative, you know. Like, if there's a child suffering out there, for me, that's my kid, too. And I mean that wholeheartedly. So, you know, when I hear stories or when I hear things, I get sick and I don't sleep for days. And I have to actually physically, like, let go of that person. Well. Maybe some other person, you know, can just think, oh well, that happened in Jersey, whatever. Change
1: the channel, right? Just change the channel on the news, and yeah. you can choose yeah. to why,
0: have that feeling about the next,
1: me. the next heart attack story, right? Right. I don't, I don't really what, watch too much TV. What What Melissa mentioned, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, was I was watching um, Oprah yesterday, and she did. She had the 25th year reunion of The Color Purple. Um, The Color Purple was her first acting debut, Whoopi Goldberg's first acting debut, and it was a film that I saw when I was way too young and completely changed me. It was like the first truly emotional, heart-wrenching experience I've had with the movie and really kind of set me on my path to wanting to pursue entertainment. Right. And one of the things that Oprah and I mean and you talk about forgiveness and people doing unspeakable things and taking you to the depth of your soul, you know, watching that movie, you're you're right there with them. So uh-huh. you know, you Masha saying every child's my child, that's how I felt in that I was every single character watching that movie. Right. And one of the things that Oprah and Whoopi were talking about on the show was that they hadn't really connected or stayed in contact after they made the film. And, you know, they both obviously have gone on and have, cra- you know, crazy successful careers. And they yep. both thought that the other person was mad at them or that Aww. they did something wrong to offend another. And they were both just saying, like, you know, on air, Oprah was like, if you think somebody's mad at you, like, call them and ask them. Like, it was so yes. stupid of them, and you know, and they were saying it was so dumb of them not to check in with each other. You know, all that time where they could have been, you know, sharing kind of their their rise to the top together. Yeah. And I think we, we're kind of also so afraid to reach out and hear, you hurt me. You yeah. know, you did something that I didn't like or you offended me. I've been right. talking about, you know, kind of, we've been talking about the flip side in, you know, in um, doling out forgiveness like it's candy, but mm-hmm. really on, when you're taking a personal look of saying, where do I need to be forgiven? Mm-hmm. You know, I had I had a lot of fun on the phone with my, boy, my ex-boyfriend kind of going through all the ways that,
2: <laughs> you
1: know, that you need to apologize for this, 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 and this, but, you know, what about my stuff? Oh, my God. I
0: apologize to people on a daily basis. I apologize. Um, yesterday I had, like, just this thing with Facebook, and Facebook deactivated right. my account. <laughs> okay, like, oh, don't no. even get me started. Yeah. Crazy. Like, they just, like, wrote me a letter, and they're just like, you're a fake person. Bye. So I
1: You're I a fake think person? I'm like... Oh.
0: Yeah, do they do they, they
1: even know that you're like the most authentic real person like on the planet? Do you need Obviously, a voucher? They didn't, they didn't
0: get the memo. So like I was really um <laughs> upset about this yesterday. I actually did a forgiveness meditation, um releasing, you know, Facebook <laughs> and getting over any grievances I had towards Facebook, and then magically I was back online. So, you know, forgiveness funny. does have its uh Does have its rewards. But somebody called me, a friend of mine called me while I was in the midst of this, and she had a problem. And you know what? My heart wasn't in it. I, like, gave her some half-assed answer and, like, just kind of went on my way. And later on that day when I was reflecting back on my day and the things that had occurred, I called her up and I said, hey, sweetie, you know what? My heart was just not in that phone call earlier. I was in a rush. I was picking up Max from school. I had so many things on my mind. Facebook deactivated me. Um, I'm so sorry. What Can we talk about this now? You know, like, you right. have to have the courage to be able And she could have turned around and been like, yeah, you're a B-I-T-C-H, you know, like,
1: you really, well, uh, yeah, you really dropped think- the ball. There's the, there's also that fine line, and we've talked about this on other shows before, between stepping into the space of being open to receive and honest versus getting into the neurotic mode, you right. know, or that insecure mode of being, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Mad at me? Are you mad at yeah. me? Are you mad at me? You know what I I'm mean? I'm there. Um, yeah. But but you know, I I I and I love that about you. Um, that you're open like that and sensitive to how you are being perceived and affected by other people. I mean, I know right. you and I have also, both you, my Melissa, my my M, my M and M's, that we've had our moments of kind of being like, "Here's the cards on the table. How are you shuffling them? What's you know what's going on in managing the relationship?"
2: Right. Um,
1: you know, but there is something in in, in doing a scan throughout your life. I mean, when you're doing twelve step program that's part of it is kind of looking to see who have you offended in, in, in your past and seeking forgiveness. Um, but it's clearly a big a big step for us all to take. You know, one to get that that larger sense of awareness and consciousness about, you know, who we are and how we affect other people and who we are and how other people and things affect us. Again. Mm-hmm. So we can
2: work on that
1: map of our our internal guide um, and inside job. So, you know, that was really interesting. And then the thought that kept coming in my mind when I was writing the blog and was preparing the notes today, which I I can't get out of my mind and I keep debating whether I want to even say it, but I'm just going to kind of put it out there in the space, was even Hitler had parents. You know? Right. And um, you know his 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 background and you know with his parents are even is fascinating in in and of itself. Like at first his father didn't claim it, and there was like paternity issues and all this kind of stuff. But like you know, could you meet if that God forbid if that was your son? Meet right. him up in heaven when he came to heaven and still look upon him with love and compassion. Right. I can't answer that. I, I I'm so not in a space to even answer that but that was a question that that kept coming up in my mind you, you know, know?
0: Listen, my my grandfather survived Auschwitz
1: and my grandfather
0: was the most loving compassionate man ever and um I know so many compassionate loving people that came out of Auschwitz with such forgiveness such love um for mankind and humankind and such a deep um you know forever change and um You know, when I think of Hitler, you know, Hitler didn't act alone. Hitler acted with a lot of different people. And I think that Hitler serves as an example of what happens really when you hold on to hate and when you hold on to resentment and when you're not a person that deals with their own shit. Sorry to curse, but I'm
1: just saying, right. you know, like, okay. uh, he was obviously one. If you're talk- one... talking Hitler, I was going to say, if you're talking yeah. about Hitler, it's perfectly appropriate it's okay. to the Hitler ball. was one messed up guy, <laughs> but
0: he did not act alone. Yeah. So, you know what? It takes one messed up person to do lots of messed up things, and that's why I do what I do, and that's why I try to forgive, and that's why I try to love everybody and send as much love, because I saw... I saw what happens when people send out hate into the world it's not a pretty picture right
1: no it is certainly an ugly ugly picture so coming from somebody like that who who knows if he would even go through the steps of even asking for forgiveness um and i don't necessarily think that that part is necessary to truly be Forgiven is to ask for forgiveness, but it is a mm. big part. And depending again on on which religious, um, which religious mantra you follow, it could right. be a necessary component or or not be. Um, but then I also look at some really amazing leaders like Nelson Mandela, and Aung San Suu Shi, which who's been in house arrest for the last seven years, and it has been recently released. Um, two people who have you know Nelson Mandela also was was held in confinement for years and years and years and then became the president of, um, um, I can't think, of South Africa, the prime minister of South Africa. And, you know, those two people are champions of love right? And the ultimate believer in, in forgiveness. So... When you really truly do embrace forgiveness, there is such freedom to be had from whatever shackles and like you said, from whatever burdens that you are carrying, like that that really cute story that you butchered. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and you know, Hinduism believed that with Vidara who said forgiveness is a virtue of the weak and an ornament of the strong.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: to me I see it, it it's not just a proponent of strength, but it is a proponent Component of love, of understanding we are all infallible, we are all human, we do wrong people, we are wronged. Um and to get to a space of forgiveness even when you're working through things you know I know I'm certainly still working through my issues and Masha you've been you've been coaching me through the forgiveness guide and <laughs> I'm actually a little bit late on my deadline because you, you, you made me promise that I would deal with it before my birthday <laughs> okay. but I'm I dealing with you. it around Melissa's birthday yeah. right thank oh. you so dealing with it more is like around Melissa's birthday so you know whatever um, and still going through that process so right. I think everybody kind of takes to that same thing where you know forgiveness is a process it's something that will come around time and time again as we go on and we we um mess up and are are wrong and have things happen to us but it's a very core um i guess value and belief to have in mind that one, opening up the space for forgiveness to yourself, of yourself, and that you can be forgiven by others, and then shining that, that same light of love out back into the world. So, Masha, my darling, dear, thank you so much for for sharing that space of love with us. I would love it if you could, and I'm, we're gonna do um, Melissa's birthday present in in just a sec to close out the show. Um, but I would love for if you did have a meditation or some some words about the process of forgiveness.
0: Sure, I just have a couple of minutes. Sure. I'm going to. Um, do you want do you want me to walk you through a meditation? Yes. So just close your eyes and relax, and take a couple of deep cleansing breaths, and just imagine yourself being bathed in white, beautiful light, and now invite the image or the situation of what you need to forgive. The first thing that usually comes to mind is usually right on. And just imagine the situation or person standing before you. Take a deep breath in and breathe out. I release you. Breathe in. I forgive you. Breathe out. I release you. And we just call on the help of all of our spirit guides to help with this process. This doesn't have to happen right this second, but it can begin planting the seeds of forgiveness. now imagine that there is a black cord between you and this other person or this situation and just imagine a beautiful angel or whatever you want to imagine descending upon you with beautiful golden scissors and cutting away that black cord cutting away any unforgiveness, any tension, any anxiety, any resentment. And now just feel yourself feeling a little bit lighter, a little bit more in love, in the space of peace. Look over at this person or situation and breathe out white light to them from your heart, knowing that white light is pouring into you as you have begun this process of letting go of this hurt. Take another deep cleansing breath and release and know that you can come back to this space, to this time and do this work anytime you choose knowing that you are guided and loved and protected and when you're ready you can open your
1: eyes Amen, sister. All right.
0: That was I beautiful. Got off the, top, off the was... top of my head.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just on the fly, you know, while I'm driving. Just on the fly,
0: just <laughs> a little forgiveness meditation. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I said that. But anyway, thank you so much for having me. That was beautiful. Thank
1: you. Love you, my birthday,
0: dear. Happy uh, birthday,
1: Happy birthday. Bye-bye. Bye, hon. That was awesome. I mean, this is why we call it Masha's Meds, because it's totally Masha's Meditations. Um, And, oh, Melissa, you just clicked off. Melissa's going to have to come back on, because I want to do her theme songs before we finally close out the show. Um, I think I hung up on both Masha and... (laughs) Melissa, technically savvy, I am not. I seek your forgiveness for all the times that I've dropped off this show and left and left Mama's Pearls recording without a hostess awesome um, but this is why I, one of the millions of reasons why I love Masha is so she she holds that space of love in her heart and like I said you can find her on Facebook although she's going to be much more cautious now that she had that Facebook experience um, her blog and website is www.spiritualmakeoverartist.com she can also be regularly found and you can listen to her on Thursday nights on her radio show, Feel It Real Radio on Blog Talk Radio with Denise Coates, as well as uh, on pretty much daily on com, which I mentioned earlier, is Gabrielle Bernstein's website. She does the most fantastic interviews and conversations. Um, so, you know, that is our talk on forgiveness. I'm just going to wrap up the substantive portion. Next week, we will dive into being thankful. I'm not quite yet sure who our guest is going to be, but I'm sure we'll be serving up some, someone special. And I am going, I'm waiting for Melissa to call back. I don't know if she's going to, but I do want to, um, oh, okay, she can't, because we're, we're actually not streaming live. So... I am going to now close out with the new M's Gems theme song. Happy birthday, Melissa. Everybody have a wonderful week. Melissa, you just bring so much to the world of Mama's Pearls, and you have for my life for over 20 years, and I just love you so, so dearly. So everybody, remember to love your family, enjoy your children, forgive yourself, forgive your children, forgive your family, And just know when you are free falling in love that you could always find forgiveness. Have a great week, everyone, and enjoy M. gems theme song.
2: M. M-Gem!